When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nineteen thirty-six, Berlin. While the Nazi dictatorship has corrupted Germany, the Olympic Games were still scheduled to take place in a tense atmosphere. But in the midst of this event that was supposed to demonstrate Aryan supremacy, a man was going to crush these theories with his athletic achievements. His name, Jesse Owens. Hello, I'm Fabrice, and behind the political symbol, I will tell you his fabulous destiny. James Cleveland Owens is the youngest of a large family of ten children. He and his parents live in Alabama, where they work as sharecroppers. They rent a small plot of land which they cultivate and have to give a portion of their crops to their white owner. J.C. and his siblings work with their parents. He is a frail little boy. His lungs are weak, but he loves to run. The Owens family lives peacefully or at least as much as they can, because segregation is very violent in Alabama. In 1922, when Jesse was nine years old, they moved to Cleveland. Ohio is not a model of tolerance either, but it allows them to find work a little more easily and better paid. In his new school, J.C. becomes Jesse, because of his slight southern accent that the teachers have trouble understanding. From now on, he will be known by this new name. During his first physical education classes, his high school track coach, Charles Riley, noticed Jesse. The frail little boy had become a tall and athletic teenager. He just needed a little more practice. But his classes took up a lot of his time, and he also had to work to help his family, delivering groceries, repairing shoes, loading trains, since he couldn't attend regular practices, Charles arranged for them to train early in the morning. Thanks to his mentor, Jesse emerges as an athlete. He excels in short distances and in the long jump. His coach teaches him to run as if his feet were touching the ashes, as if the ground was on fire. At just 15 years old, he equals the junior record in the 100 meters and impressively beats the 200 meter record. It is his meeting with Olympic champion Charlie Paddock at a school meeting that will forge his greatest dream to participate in the Olympic Games. Following his early successes, several major universities want to recruit him, 
without offering him a full scholarship that would allow him to focus on his studies and training without having to work multiple jobs. Owens, therefore, chooses Ohio State University, not only because it allows him to work to pay for his degree, but also because Larry Snyder, the coach of the university, is one of the few who integrates black people into his team. Jesse, now nicknamed the Buckeye Bullet, is even named captain of the team. On May 25, 1935, the Big Ten, the biggest university championships final, takes place. Jesse has a slight backache. He is there for pleasure, without too much pressure. However, that day, he will leave his first mark in the history of track and field. Owen starts by taking the start of the 100 yards. 9.4 seconds later, he crosses the finish line in first place, equaling the world record. For the long jump, he decides to only make one attempt to preserve his back. He jumps and lands at 8.13 meters this time. He just broke the world record by more than 15 centimeters. He barely has time to realize his feet before he is in the starting blocks for the 220 yards, which he wins with a new record. Jesse finishes the competition with the 220-yard hurdles and pays himself a third world record. In just 45 minutes, Jesse Owens achieved one of the greatest sporting feats in history, earning himself a ticket to the Olympics to be held the following year in Berlin. After months of highly contentious political debates, the United States ultimately decided not to boycott the event. However, Anti-racist activist groups also attempted to persuade Owens not to go to Germany. But for him, this was about sports, not politics, and so he decided to participate in the games. During the first few days of competition, the black American athlete started off quietly, modestly passing the first round, second, and then the semifinals of the 100 meters. On the day of the final, the crowd gave him an incredibly warm welcome. Supporters shouted his name from the stands and the boss of Adidas even came to meet him to sponsor him. However, Jesse was still not confident because he knew he had a serious competitor, his fellow countryman and rival Ralph Metcalf. Everything would be decided in less than 10 seconds. Owens took his place in lane number two, next to the innermost lane. He found his footing on the center track. At the sound of the starting gun, Owens got off to great start while Metcalf missed him. At the 50-meter mark, Owens had a wide lead. He soared over the track, his stride fluid and light. Metcalf made a powerful and spectacular comeback in the last few meters, but Owens crossed the finish line first in 10.3 seconds. He had just won his first gold medal, and as usual, he was not going to stop there. The next day, he won the long jump final, and the day after that, he won the 200-meter final. The following week, at the last minute, Jesse had to participate in the 4x100-meter relay due to an unjust decision by his coach to replace a Jewish teammate. The sprinter protested, but ultimately complied, and with brilliance once again, he won his fourth gold medal.
the performances of the African-American athlete ridiculed Hitler's theories of white supremacy. Legend has it that the dictator even refused to shake his hand. In reality, according to Owens and other witnesses, Hitler, to avoid having to congratulate black or Jewish athletes, had chosen not to congratulate any winners at all. The image of Jesse Owens victorious in front of the Nazis made him an icon of the anti-racist struggle. However, his fame did not prevent him from experiencing racial discrimination, from which he had not been spared until then. Already at university, the young African-American had to live off-campus, which was reserved for white students. During his team's trips, he found himself alone with a few teammates, forced to find hotels and restaurants reserved for blacks. After the Olympics, things unfortunately didn't change much. Ten days after the end of the competition, the American Olympic Committee forced him to participate in an exhausting tour in order to raise funds for the American Olympic Committee. He was taken all over Europe, sometimes barely having time to sleep or eat, and the institution clearly made money off his back. After a few weeks, exhausted and emaciated, the athlete decided to return to the United States. In New York, he was welcomed like a king, but in reality, he was still considered just a black man. He couldn't sit where he wanted on the bus. For a ceremony in his honor at a prestigious hotel, he was asked to use the service stairs, and unlike his white teammates, he received no mail or invitation from President Roosevelt. The injustice didn't stop there. After his active descent at the end of the European tour, his manager had him suspended from the American Athletic Federation. Four-time gold medalist and holder of several world records, Jesse Owens could no longer run professionally. He had to provide for his wife and two daughters, but there were few opportunities for him. Everyone wanted a photo with him, but no one was willing to hire him. So Jesse got involved in competitions of an alternative kind. At first, he ran against other athletes such as boxers. Then the challenges turned into a circus phenomenon. He was pitted against horses, motorcycles, and dogs. To supplement his income, he went back to his student jobs. He knew all of this was degrading. But what else could I do? I had four gold medals, but you can't eat those. At 24, he realized that his athletic career was already over. It would take him a few years to come to terms with this. He would not receive the recognition he deserved until the 1950s. He was able to be critical of the activism of other athletes, like Tommy Smith and John Carlos, the two African-Americans excluded from the 1968 Olympics after raising their gloved fists in a sign of struggle against racial segregation. But he would soon change his mind in his book, I Have Changed, in which he wrote, I now understand that activism, in the best sense of the term, is the only possible response for a black man, and that any black man who was not an activist in 1970 was blind or cowardly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fabulous Destinies. Feel free to share with us stories that you would like to hear on your favorite listening platform or via Baba Bam's Instagram or Twitter page. We'll be happy to discover them.